This week, you're going to hear from some awesome men of God. I was invited onto a men's ministry panel called Called to Rise about our current time and the call to men in this hour. You're going to love it. Welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. This podcast is here to advance the revolution Jesus started, a revolution of the free, the fire starters, the troublemakers, and the zealots. I interview people who I think are awesome, who have heard that revolutionary call and are going after Jesus with their whole heart. If you listen to this show and join our community, I know God is going to speak to you. I believe God wants to change the world through you, through your unique gifts and talents He's given you. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life, a voice that says, with God you can, and with God you will. Let's get rolling. Guys, I'm so stoked for this show this week. This last week, I was invited onto a men's ministry panel uh, with four other ministries, and uh, we got to dig into, you know, what is the call of God uh, to men in this hour? Um, uh, The ministries that actually put it all together was called Resolute Men, and they invited uh, Just Add Wilderness Ministries, Wisdom and Grit Ministries, and the Pursuit of Manliness Ministries, and myself. And man, I'm telling you what, you are going to be inspired, you're going to be challenged, and you're going to love it. So without uh, any more delay, let's dive right into it. Welcome to the Resolute Warrior Podcast, uh, where we believe effective discipleship first begins with intentional relationships. That's that's kind of the the, the mon- mantra, if you will, for uh, resolute men. But I want to tell you guys, you guys were personally selected to be part of this uh, by God. And here's what I mean by that: is you guys were personally selected because God's given me a vision, just kind of like you guys have for your ministries. He's given me a vision to uh, reach men. And well, he wanted me to reach out to you. He made it clear your four names. And I know it's all God because you all four, you agreed to be on here. Uh, and, it, and it has a lot to do with the impact and insight you guys bring in your ministries. Um, it's been effective. Uh, and God made that clear in my heart that we got to do this thing called call the rise, particularly as we're going through this pandemic. Guys are in isolation. They're sitting back. Uh, yeah. Kind of like me, I'm not working right now, but I'm really trying to take this shift and put it in the ministry. That's all I've been doing. I mean, it's like eight, 10 hours a day, just investing in that. So we're calling guys to rise up. So that's, that's what, that's what we're here for is calling these guys to rise up and to take action. Even if we're not in this pandemic, men still live in isolation and uh, we're going to get into some topic questions, but I want to allow you guys to share a little bit about yourself and your ministry. Uh, so we'll go around and uh, Mitch, we'll start with you first. Rob, thank you, man. I appreciate the honor of being chosen and the invitation coming out here and kind of what you're doing and what you're putting together. Um, Mitch London, I've got a ministry called Just Add Wilderness, and it's for men to help recover their identity in Christ. And kind of the foundation of where my came from was a vision God gave me. And so I, I'd had this burning passion inside. I've just been doing business, and it's felt like I needed to do something more. I needed to do something with a purpose, make a kingdom impact. And Anytime that I look for a big answer, if I really need to get quiet, I head to the wilderness. I head to the mountains. So I live here in Colorado, hopped in my car, and I didn't even make it there. God's already starting to show me stuff. So as I'm driving, he shows me this video or this vision of Goliath on a hill. And it's Goliath being tormenting, belligerent, you know, just being a jerk up there, everything that you picture Goliath being. But it wasn't of David and Goliath, of all the stories that we always hear of. It was of the men behind David, the army of Israel, 
that was paralyzed with fear. And God started to speak to my heart and said, men today are paralyzed. They aren't functioning. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing because they've forgotten who they are. They've forgotten their identity in Christ. And so my call, my mandate, and I always, you know, talk about this also is men are not a market. Men are a mission. They're a mandate for me. And it's a, a very strong purpose in my life to help men recover that identity in Christ and help them remember who they are and who they fight for. That's awesome, brother. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. How about you, Corey? Yeah, well, Rob, thanks again for having me as well, man. I'm really excited to be on here sharing with all these other men that I've known most of you guys I've met before. So, uh, well, my name is Corey Huddleston. I'm the founder of Wisdom and Grit. Um, so I work with men to unleash capable, confident leaders and uh, really focus on building the men that build the world. Right? Uh, mm -hmm. I believe that men were put on this earth to lead uh, boldly. And, you know, I think uh, in line with what Mitch just said, you know, a lot of that is kind of we've forgotten our place for whatever reason. I think a lot of that is just um, from a discipleship standpoint, how we've just kind of lost track of what it actually means to teach the next generation. And we've lost a lot of uh, just how to live and how to call up people and how to unleash people, you know, and we get kind of lost in the pettiness of trying to one up versus like, you know, let's all take this together and we can all benefit from that. But, uh, and that's really been my calling for a long time, you know, growing up with a 16 year old mom, you know, at the time and when I was born and my dad was 18 and they didn't have a lot of life experience to share. So there was a lot I had to figure out the hard way and I always wished it was different. So kind of came to a point in my life where I knew that I could either be the guy who sat around wishing I'd have been taught things or go out and start learning and, and then turn around and teach other men how to do that, not only for themselves, but for their, their kids and for other people around them and to unleash that side of them. So been going good, man. Man, that's exciting stuff, brother. That's really good stuff. Appreciate that. How about you, Troy? Yeah, man. So I'm uh, coming to you from North Carolina. Uh, I run the Kindling Fire podcast. Uh, the vision that the Lord's really given me is the empowerment of, of, the, of lay people, right? So meaning that uh, God put a divine spark in every person, and I see it as like a small fire, a Kindling Fire, but God wants that divine spark to be a blazing furnace, uh, providing warmth and light and, and God's great mission and plan to reach the world was you and the listener. And so um, my job is to bring on people that I believe that have tapped into that and are becoming those divine bonfires all around the world, musicians, entrepreneurs, missionaries, pastors, authors. And so I, I bring them on to inspire people, but it's really so that they can get going with God. Uh, you know, this passivity kills men and and the model i believe a lot of times of christianity in the u.s is encourages more passivity just feed me and i'll you know try not to sin like god's plan for us is so much bigger and more grand than that and so that's what i try to inspire people to thanks for having me on glad to have you here brother i appreciate that jared yeah, my name is Jarrett Samuels. Hey, first of all, thanks for letting me be a part of this. Some quality men here, but um, I have the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, and it was born, you know, about the time my son was born. He was um, born with a collapsed lung, and I prayed several prayers during that time, but the only prayer I remember as we were in the NICU was, God, if you help this little boy fight, I'll fight, and I don't know what that mm -hmm. meant at the time. I just prayed it, and uh, a couple years later, God humbly reminded me of that prayer, and I remember thinking, 
oh, we're about to get real uncomfortable. And uh, for about 18 to 24 months, God just Rubik's cubed my life, moved people in and out, et cetera. And from that, the, the birth of the pursuit of manliness was born because I wanted to be a better equipped man. Uh, I think it was Corey or someone said, you know, I could spend the rest of my life saying, oh, I wish I could have or whatever, or I want to be full effort. And that's what I decided. And that's why the word pursuit was there because it's a daily pursuit. It's a daily fight. And so that's what we try to do is just, you know, equip men to pursue biblical manliness, get you in the word of God and realize, you know, that's where we find our identity. That's where we find our purpose and our passion. And uh, not that other things aren't bad. You know, there's a lot of great resources in the world. uh, But man, if we're not anchored in the word of God, we're chasing a counterfeit version of what God's created us to be. Hey, man, that's awesome, brother. That's awesome. Hey, you know, so like I said, uh, this whole purpose is kind of ties into like everything that you guys are doing, you know, it's, and that's the way we at Resolute Men as, uh, feel as well is that each guy, uh, just like yourself, you know, there was a point where something stirred up inside you, right, that, that helped you to um, either sink or swim. It's like I'm either going in or I'm getting out. And uh, I think a lot of guys, uh, they, they just don't paddle. They're just kind of just floundering and just and family. And uh, we want guys to hear that, hey, there is something special. There's, you're called to live for something bigger than yourself. And uh, so that's why I want to get into some topics about uh, this uh, area of rising up, if you will, and challenging men. So this is going to be informal. I don't expect every guy to answer these questions. If you guys, you know, if you want to ask me questions, feel free to do so. But, uh, you know, if you want to, you know, piggyback on somebody else, let her rip. That's, this is what it's all about. So what I'm curious is, as we're in this time of quarantine, how has your relationship with Christ been strengthened by that? Um, and I know some of you guys are still active and doing other things, but what have you noticed since, you know, we've all been kind of, you know, our lives have been kind of rearranged or readjusted. Where have you, you know, how has you, your strength in Christ been developed or I should say elevated? I'll go. <laughs> um, when this all began, and even before the lockdown was officially announced, and everybody, it was like, "Hey, stay home." Um, God was having me go on these prayer drives, and kind of my relationship, and just to kind of answer, make sure I'm answering the question, is how it was strengthened with this. Is it was really showing me He was having me drive around my town. I live in Colorado Springs, and it turned out to be like a hundred mile loop to drive the perimeter of your city is actually a really long ways around to do something like that. And I didn't realize how long this was going to take me, but every day. And I, I was like, I just had this really strong, like get out, go pray for your town. I'll tell you what to pray for as you're, when you're out there and going. So I hop in my car and I'm just starting to drive and pray for my city. And the route, it was kind of, cause I thought I kind of knew I was, I'll go this way. I'll go this way. And it's like, no, you're going to go this way. You're going to go this way. So it was really directed me through specific areas that I hadn't thought about. And as I was doing this, I'm asking the Lord, all right, what do you want me to pray for for today? And every word, every day was a different topic, a different theme to pray for my city, to pray for the people, to pray for neighborhoods, for families, for businesses, for churches. And it really helped me love my area, my people more like Christ loves his people. It really helped me to see them through a different light, to help pray specifically, not just for the surface level, the healing, the prosperity, all those different things, but really kind of get down deep. And as I'm driving, all of this stuff was starting to happen. And I've, we're a very, very active town, active community. Colorado ranks in the nation as one of the most outdoorsy people. They just, they're outside all the time. And I've never seen so many families walking together through their neighborhoods. 
it was really powerful, not just mom with a couple kids, not just dad and the son on a bike. It was families. It was the whole units smiling and laughing and experiencing something that I don't think many families have experienced together in probably a long time. There's not a lot of time during the day for this kind of stuff in normal everyday life, pre-pandemic. So it really helped to open my eyes and strengthen and just see that God, Christ Jesus, he cares about every single family. He cares about that family unit. He cares about each individual person in that family. And it really just started burning inside of me of how much he cares to have some dude hop in his car and go drive around town and pray for those people. You never know what God is instructing somebody to do for you, exactly for you. He wants somebody to drive by your house while praying a certain thing because it's for you. Like it's all about an individual relationship. And that it was really brought to my kind of the forefront of my attention during all this. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? Yeah, my front. Uh, I think, you know, the biggest thing that I've seen in this time was one at first when it all started kind of unwinding, it hadn't really changed my life personally a whole bunch because I've still been pretty active. I live by a lake, some outdoors a lot, you know, my, the organization, the stuff that I do, I have my own place to go. So it's not like a big deal for me one way or the other. But uh, in that time, I also, it's not that I am above thinking and knowing that there's a lot of people who are actually struggling right now and kind of walking through that. And so one of the things that uh, we've been doing more, or even in my own life, really, I, I, since that all went down, you know, I was kind of like, well, I can work from here more, or whatever, spend time with my family because my kids are out of school. Uh, my wife's going to need more, a little bit more help. So, man, I started gardening for the first time. I planted all this stuff. My backyard looks like a jungle now with all this different stuff. I've got my grass looking awesome. You know, I'm doing all this stuff I've never really had the time to do before that I like to do. But, uh, and, you know, in that time, I also have learned how to smoke beef jerky, you know, and make that. I bought a food dehydrator to try to learn that stuff. I'm just learning all of these skills. I built my kids and the neighbor kids. We got a bunch of kids, like, young men around here who don't really have fathers. And if they do live with their fathers, they're just not super active in teaching them how to rise, you know? So every day we got probably five kids out there that aren't ours, you know, and they're all jumping ramps and uh, we've got a few of them, some uh, scooters and stuff like that too, you know, just to kind of keep them active, but we'll go mountain bike riding. We're doing all that stuff and I'm taking them out and teaching them about leadership. And so the biggest thing that I've learned in this time was like the difference between knowing God, like going to all these Bible studies all the time and doing all this and actually executing and being God's hands and feet, you know, and it's not about earning God's salvation by doing right, or earning salvation by doing, but it's about literally being God's hands and feet in this earth. Like, and it, it doesn't take the idea of changing the world, right? Like when we have to go stand on stage, like even if this only effectually hits one person, what we're doing now, then it's been a success in my eyes, you know? And I'm realizing that. So I think kind of less is more, you know? Like uh, instead of trying to compound, like I got to go to this event because I'm a kind of an outward type person as well, although I do love my time alone, but I don't have to be at events and doing this and doing that. I can just focus on uh, kind of taking care of the things that have been given to me, like my home, you know, my family, all those types of things, and really focus hard on making those excellent and getting, get trimming the fat elsewhere and really calling other men in the area to do kind of do the same, you know, so. That, that's awesome, brother. That's awesome. It's almost like when you see what God's done is he's allowed this to happen to kind of slow us down. You know, a lot of us are running 25 million directions, right? So it's almost like a reset and 
And what yeah. really what really matters most is, hey guys, he's like telling us it's time to lean in towards me, right? It's, it's kind of what I'm seeing at this time, you know? Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Um, so I got another question for you. So we know that God uses all things for the good to those who are called to his purpose, right? So I want to hear some positive developments that you've noticed like in your particular area of ministry um, as leaders of your organization that you oversee. So talk about some positive developments that may be going on in your ministry right now. I know, Jared, you got some things going on. Why don't you, why don't you share that with us? Well, from a church perspective, I, you know, I've said, I feel like we're thriving more today than maybe, maybe ever since I've been here, been here about four years, uh, because our people are being more intentional about reaching out and because we all have this common conversation, you know, so, you know, Rob, if you were to miss my church for a couple weeks and I reach out and get you on the phone, you, you know, you got a guilt complex. You think I'm coming at you for missing church and you got your reasons. And I said, you know, at least right now, when I call you, it's to encourage and people know that. And so I think for us, We've done a really good job as a church body of reaching out and connecting. We do Zoom, we're living on Zoom. I feel like we should tithe to Zoom right now. But uh, so we've done a lot of Zoom stuff, small groups, et cetera. You know, so using technology, which we had already kind of used it some, but not to the extent we're using it now. So that's been a big win for us. Uh, tomorrow I'm doing, we have a prayer team that prays throughout the building. So tomorrow I'll take my laptop. I'll take a webcam and I'll roll it on a cart through the building. And I invite the guys at 845, let's keep praying for, you know, the nursery and the preschool and whatever. Um, it's a way that they can connect, but we keep interceding on behalf of our church. Um, then another thing I had done a year ago, and I kind of just boxed it and put it away, was called One More Round. It was just a, a 12 round, 12 whatever video series to the life of David. And I just put it out there the other day. I said, I feel like God wants me to give this away. And um, I just did it. And several guys had reached out through email saying, hey, I want that. And so I've been again, living on Zoom and talking to guys all over the country, but just say, hey, I want to give you this resource. If it can bless your men, your men's ministry, maybe you can start one during this time because guys are more comfortable with Zoom today or whatever you use um, than maybe they've ever been. And so for us, that's been a win just to reach further probably right now than we typically reach on a regular weekend because we have to be much more intentional or we won't see anybody. I pandemic well, so I can shut down and I can just, you know, I told my wife today, I said, I don't miss anybody like I have everybody I need right here I'm good but I know as a pastor as a shepherd like it makes me more intentional reaching out to especially people who don't have a house full of people so. that's awesome that's awesome what about you Troy what's some positive things that are going on in your ministry right now uh, I would say that what's going on is actually less uh, so I've been driving pretty hard for a long time and uh, the, a lot of what God has been doing with me is decluttering and slowing down. Uh, I've gotten off social media uh, more than I ever have been. Um, and part of it is because I need to be more, me personally, I need to be more available to my family. And I was constantly, you know, I work full time. I do this ministry. I'm trying to finalize a book, um, yada, yada, yada. And, and the Lord was like, shut it down, slow it down. And it has been life-giving. And I've, then I've shared that journey with, with folks who, who are like, yes, I'm a phone addict too. Yes, I, I'm recognizing I'm constantly in a distracted mode. And, and so I'm kind of like just bringing people along in my journey as I let go and focus more on the things that matter, Jesus and my family. That's awesome, brother. That's awesome. This is good stuff, man. Um, I wanted to kind of take this a little bit next step further, kind of going off this last question, but uh, I'd like to know, uh, hear some stories that you guys could share 
on uh, your particular men's ministry or men's organization, maybe you could share, um, you know, how it's impacted a man or a group of men that have been, you know, participating in your ministry. What, what, what results have you seen? What's some, what's some positive stories you've been hearing? So I'll jump in on this one. So um, one of the things that I've shared as a part of my ministry is the friendships that I've had. So God has allowed me to, to be a part of the Band of Brothers for about three plus years now. And we have gotten incredibly tight. And then I brought these guys into the ministry and said, hey, let's just share about our Band of Brothers. And the relationships, the, the depth of relationships that God had put in those friendships Man, I had people coming off that they were just like, I don't have friends. How can I start a band of brothers? Of mine? And I was getting contacted from South Africa to Maryland to California saying, please help me start a band of brothers. And we, we do what we could. Uh, you say, this is what we do. This is how we do it. This is how it, you know, it works. It was all sort of uh, very organic. Our, it was a part of our church, um, but the church was able to kind of just say, look, yeah, you've got the vision, run with it. And it grew from eight guys to 90 guys in nine groups, uh, all spawning off of the original group and all of them becoming leaders and then having a next generation of leaders. And it's all friendship. And but guys need friends. And so that's one of the things that has been really help I've seen in my group is that when I start talking about guys having real friends, uh, people chime up because they know they need it and they want to know how to get it. That's awesome. Anyone else? Yeah, I would just say um, here locally, I've, I feel like I've got the poster child and I know Jarrett knows um, a buddy of ours, Chuck. And, but even past that story, just um, the guys locally, I, we've, I recently had some buddies who attended this church and one day they decided their church was not going to be there anymore. Um, the senior pastor and the elders made a decision to dissolve the church and they were going to move on and do some different things and kind of left the congregation a little bit feeling like what about us you know you guys are here for us too <laughs> don't we have a say um but just kind of like what troy was talking about reaching out and having friendships with guys and so actually carry and reaching out making those connections how can i support you how can i be a part of this and it has really impacted way more than just for me you know hey i just how can what can i do to help what can we do you guys had a thriving men's ministry going on there that was probably the biggest thing that they had going on at this particular church is their men's ministry was blowing up. The church dissolves and all these guys are left there hanging like, now what? And for a lot of them, these guys are just stepping into having a personal relationship with Christ. And it was, I'm no longer just learning about God, but I know him and I'm getting to see him. And it was on this kind of brink of, will it continue? Will we start to get some momentum or can it slide back very easily because now this has been ripped away? And so just talking with some of the leaders and supporting them and being like, hey, whatever I can do, whatever resources. And so Jarrett mentioned the, um, the program that he was giving away. And I reached out to him like, dude, I would love to be able to give this to these guys that I'm working with. I'd love to be able to have help them use this, this process, these teachings, this wisdom to keep this going, to keep that momentum going. And so just for the couple of the leaders that I've reached out with and met with and over Zoom and Marco Polo, all these different things to kind of keep that relationship going. It's been a huge thing. I get these messages all the time, like, just thank you. Thanks for caring. Thanks for actually, you know, sewing in when it's none of your business. It's not a part of what you do. We're not a part of your church. We're not a part of anything. It's just thank you for stepping up when that leadership void happened to show up. And so I think just a huge part of it is just 
as men, we're called to lead other men and caring and reaching out every time that you get that little nudging, that's not there on accident. Like do it, follow through, get out there and, you know, shoot that text message, make the phone call, send the Marco Polo, the Voxer, whatever you're using. All these media channels that we have, I get messages from the podcast, the Wisdom and Wilderness podcast. I get messages from the group. I get messages from the events. I mean, we have all these different ways to impact people and it helps. And sometimes I wonder, you know, my just ed wilderness ministry, I was like, was this just for Chuck? Because Chuck was such a transformational story. Like I, that's fine with me. All these thousands and thousands of dollars that you put into a company to impact a life and a soul that big, that much of a shift on this trajectory. That's like, that's do it for one. And then you'll get more. Yeah. I want I'd like to j- jump on that because that's, I think we'd all agree. It's not about us. You know, it is, it's not, if it's about us, it will be exhausting and we will quit because we can't sustain that. Um, you know, you talk about that one, I think we say it a lot. We want to do one address at a time. And I think about a guy in tribe who he was invited into tribe by somebody else. And he said, Hey, I'm thinking about inviting this guy into tribe. I said, really, you know, tribe is a discipleship group we got. And this guy just seemed like, I thought, man, I don't know. And so over the course of the last couple of years, the guy's been in it. And, you know, I, I, he goes to our church, so I see him grow and stuff. And then one time the registration was open and his wife shared the post. And she had this great post about the transformation in her husband. And I thought, that's pretty cool. You know, if a wife will say that about her husband, that's pretty neat. Well, this session, all the reading he's doing with her. And the other night, it's been a couple weeks ago on our church Zoom call, he wasn't there because he had to work or something. And she was talking about the transformation in him that has now changed her, that has changed in their home. And you go, that's what it's about. It's not about a brand. It's not about a logo. It's about yeah. he has two kids that will grow up in a completely different environment than they may have otherwise. Yeah, he would might have found growth in different places, but that's, that's why we do what we do. That's what it's about. If you can get in someone's earbuds, if you get in their truck, garage, wherever, on a hiking trail or you know, fishing, wherever they're at, and start to, you know, you talk about that spark, that divine spark that's in each person, multi-generational, you know, mindset that way, that, that legacies are changed because of one guy submitted his life to Christ and now his wife and, and so on. Amen. That's awesome. You know, I want to kind of uh, keep going with this because, you know, like I think discipleship, um, we, 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 we kind of force things into programs you know, I know when I did men's ministry early on, everything was like, all right, what, what program can we get out to reach a guy? And what God kind of laid on my heart, it's not about the program. It's about the relationship first. So like I was saying earlier, effective discipleship begins with intentional relationships. And that's just not like the casual guy we go golf and hanging out, fishing and all that, go to a sporting event, which is fun. We all need those guys, right? We do that and or go biking through the woods like Corey does and everything. But you know, but what about the guy who's not afraid to speak life into you? Who's, who's not afraid to call you out? You know what I mean? He's not, you know, and it may hurt, you know what I mean? But to really have those relationships to where somebody's actually going to help build your, your, your spiritual muscles and help strengthen your faith. And, and that's kind of what I'm hearing with you guys uh, through your ministries. And that's why you're here today, because, because of that, that you're building that relationship first, and then you can disciple that guy. You know, we kind of had it backwards, you know, but it's about building that relationship first. Uh, so that way we can challenge him in other ways. Um, I want to, I want to go on to the next question. I want to, you know, give Corey a chance to kind of answer this one. So, you know, we, we call this, uh, this group, uh, this today, this title for the uh, men's panel is called the rise. So Corey, I want to ask you and you guys can chime in too. How do you, how would you encourage a guy who's just sitting 
you know, in the stands of life, as, if you will. He's just kicking back on the couch, you know, and who feels like he's inadequate, that he can't make an impact or any purpose in, of God. He sees you, he said, yeah, you got it all together. You guys, you know, these guys here, they must have came easy to them. But I want to hear the hard work that it takes and then the benefits of that hard work and what happens when you can just pull yourself up. Yeah, man. Well, I was, I was there not too long ago, actually. And it was weird because I'm not that kind of a person typically. I mean, my background was pretty varied. I didn't graduate high school. I was kind of a screw up for a long time. And then kind of, you know, through a series of, you know, whatever relationship type scenarios, like where I met other people. And it was just this long transitional thing where God began to make himself real to me, where I began to understand, well, about a year ago, dude, I started just hitting this massive wall and I didn't know what it was at first. You know, it was like, and I'm saying all this because it kind of relates to where these guys may be feeling now, where you start to feel like you're losing momentum. It's like the wall you never noticed before is now closing in on you. Right. And then like nothing you do seems to work. I mean, it just, it was all these things kind of coming in all at one time. And, uh, you know, I started, just kind of having this massive depression where I started slumping in and everything started getting dark. Like I didn't want to be around my wife, kids and all this kind of stuff. And really for the first time, since I can remember, I started thinking about suicide and all these other things, you know? And it was weird because it was like, you start kind of going through this and then you start panicking because you're like, what is going on? I don't like, this has got to be something's up. And you know, it's a spiritual attack, but you don't really know, like, dude, I'm praying through this. I don't know what's going on. You know, what was happening? Well, it turns out like that, you know, I ended up finally going and seeing this doctor. I'd gotten to the point where I was like, dude, I've got to do something. This is not going to end up good, you know? And so I've always been really hardcore on mental toughness and like, you know, all those things like push through, push through, push through. And I'm still like, I believe in mental toughness. I preach it. I teach it, all those things. But there's a certain point where it comes to and you're like, dude, what is happening here? And so I started doing some research just on how the body works and how important serotonin is like and all of those things right so there's actually chemical imbalances that happen and i was thinking and i'm pretty in shape you know i'm not in bad shape by any means i'm active for the most part but you know i was working a ton i was under a tremendous amount of stress like a lot of those things well it reminds me now of how guys must be feeling now you know and so it's it's interesting that god kind of took me through that time where i was like you know pretty happy-go-lucky guy and then all of a sudden here i am like hitting this wall and it's like while everything's getting dark and closing in it's like what do you even do you know you don't know how to say it to people because one you don't want to be viewed as if the weak especially when you're leading men right but then on the other side of that is you know the shame and the guilt from the the, the thoughts that you're having and all that kind of stuff right so the way that I was able to break through that was just getting to the point where I knew that wasn't the truth right and then I started really focusing hardcore on making sure that I was doing my diet right and I found this thing you talked about at one point about these challenge things or whatever else, but this was something that helped me was I found this thing called 75 hard that uh, with Andy Frisella, where it was just basically 75 days of working out twice a day. One of those has to be outside. Uh, you drinking a gallon of water a day, uh, not drinking any alcohol, reading 10 pages of a self-help or business development book or something like that every single day. And then uh, just taking a progress picture. And I don't know why, I mean, probably in the past I would have let, oh, I don't know what exercises to do for two workouts a day or whatever. Oh, I would have let that step get in my way. But this time I was like, I knew what the op alternative was. It was like the gun barrel was looking pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Like, so 
it was like I had to do something and I just became desperate on that. So I started doing that. And in that time, you know, I was, I'd be on listening to audio books and uh, just encouraging messages and stuff like that. And it was like, I was outdoors in, in the sunlight and really pushing it. And uh, man, it really helped a lot. So first of all, if you're feeling like that, get outside, start working out, eat right, get your serotonin up and look up serotonin. It's kind of like um, that movie Limitless. It's kind of like our natural way of that, you know, when you are in optimal form of that. So you need to be working out, you need to be eating right, not eating junk food and all that, right? Uh, the second thing is, is relationships. Like I have my best friend, Eric Morgan, man. I mean, that guy is like the king of king. I just like, my, my life would look so different if I didn't have that guy in my life, you know? Uh, I've had, luck, luckily I've had other men in my life who have been mentors and friends, a guy named Chad Hennings, a three-time Super Bowl champion from the Dallas Cowboys, you know, guys like that, that I've been really close with, that have spoken into my life, that I've led with, that I've done all of these things, and like guys like Mitch, you know, at that time, you know, uh, just guys that have been, you know, in close circle that you can talk to um, and tell the truth to, that they can call you out, like you were saying earlier, that's such a huge component of all of this, like, the relational part of this where you like you said it's not somebody you go play golf with and just kind of shoot jokes with or whatever else but like guys that will you know call you out like if you're doing something stupid or you need to make a decision um it, it has to be abrupt because if you think that this is going to be comfortable or easy or anything else you're already deceiving yourself and you're hurting yourself right you've got to put yourself out there everybody's so scared and there's all of this you're getting bombarded by lies and fear and all of these things by the news, by everything else. Get off of social media. Stop watching the crap that you know you're not supposed to be watching. Stop eating the stuff that you're supposed to be not eating, right? Or if you're going to have a whiskey here and there, make it like, dude, don't overdo it, you know? Like, it's you do it in easy, you know, like, like be easy on that kind of stuff. Get out with your kids. Make their life easy. Focus on the good things that you have going for you. Obviously, like in the scriptures and letting like getting around other people and having in-depth conversations about philosophies and you know what this scripture says and how deep it is just let the holy spirit move and you'll start to feel joy in your life you know and and also there's a very real aspect to all of this this life so one of the things i've been focused on is helping guys building companies lately you know this is uh you know if you don't know how to do that then figure it out pay if you have to like go push yourself to constantly every day grow and gain new skill sets and, you know, get interested with life again. Like this whole idea of a self-made man and all this, it doesn't exist. You know, I think so many guys are living in depression because and isolation and everything else, because there's this life perpetuated of self-made man. And that's something that we somehow think is a, a badge of honor, but really it's, it's a, it's a lie, man. Like, we need each other. Should you be a capable man and have autonomy in your life? Absolutely. But if you think that I'm not here, probably today, you pro we probably got introduced because I was on Jarrett's podcast, I'm thinking, or something like that, you know, at one point, you know, so, and Mitch is in this realm because we work together. We did like all these things, you know, and it's like his all, it's all intertwined. There's no, uh, there's no miracle that he did it. We all did it by ourselves or, uh, you know, that I did it. You know, I'm on this podcast because of not because of Jarrett or whatever else. Like, um, I guess that's what I'm saying is just put yourself out there and stop worrying about what everybody else is saying. Shut the news off. Like the worst case scenario is you lock yourself up in your house for a few months and you get this thing anyway and you die. 
and you've just wasted this much of your life and you're looking back on your life probably you're depressed because you're looking back at your life thinking like i haven't done anything with my life and now here i am in this position that's what you're thinking that's an enemy for life from the enemy it doesn't mean you can't put an axe in it now and start building a life that helps you sustain right so push man you know just go out there and do what men do get knocked down Feel the glory of being in the arena, you know, and getting knocked down and decide if, what kind of man you are. Are you the one that's going to get knocked down and, you know, cry and pee all over himself whenever the enemy starts walking up? Or are you going to grit your teeth, clench your fist, and give that dude a crazy smile with a look in your eye and get back up and waylay the dog out of him, you know? That's awesome, brother. I uh, appreciate you opening your heart up about that and everything. Does anybody have anything to follow up with that before I – yeah, yeah, I would love to add a couple. I just yeah. looked up, um, I have a couple quotes from a book I was reading uh, by Rick Joyner. And I just love the way that he said this, but he said, your understanding will always be twisted when you're depressed and you will never accurately see truth from that place. So just know when you're in a depressed state, what you see is not reality. It's going through these different filters and these different lenses. So you effectively, you can't trust your own feelings, your own things. You have to have that buddy. You have to have that mentor. You have to have that friend, that pastor, somebody who can call your BS on you. And the other part of the quote is depression is deception from seeing the world through our own perspective. Truth comes from seeing the world through Jesus's eyes. And so with my main passion is what does God say about me? Because what Corey was, I hit a moment where it was rock bottom. Like I was mad at my 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 wife and I were about to get divorced. I mean, there was all these different things that were going on in our lives where it was just bottom of the barrel. I was mad at God. I was trying to figure out how I was going to separate, not have my kids around, all these different things. And I had to quit looking at myself how I thought I saw myself. And it was this drag through the mud process of what does God say about me? And that's what pulled me out of it. And I don't recommend going through something like that alone because the alternatives, there's a lot of variables when you try and do something by yourself. And the variables all, always work in your favor. So it's by the grace of God that my life is still as awesome and wonderful as growing as I believe it is. But it's because I believe what he said about me and not what I was saying about me or not what my bank account was saying about me or not what my job was saying about me. Or, you know, you get these bosses that love to tell you how awesome you are every day. It's not what they say that matters. And so you have to have that foundation. You know, the building that you're building in life can only go so as high as deep and as strong as that foundation is. If you have a crack in it, if that foundation is very thin, you're not going to be able to put a lot of weight on that. You can't go very high. And so it's making sure that that foundation is deep, is solid, is strong. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Also, by the way, I just wanted to follow up on the reason why that was happening to me was I had uh, thyroid was out of control and I didn't know that. I didn't even know anything about that stuff. So, so I ended up going to a doctor and he got me, after all the other stuff I had done, it helped a ton, but then we were able to get it leveled out. So that was ended up. So you may have a health issue if you want to go get that checked out too. You know, so. No, that's good advice. It's always good to kind of check everything out, the spiritual, the mental, the physical, making yeah. sure we're all in check on that. Um, so guys, you know, uh, I, I'm just curious to know what verse of scripture does God have on your heart in this particular season right now and why? Is there a, a particular scripture that God has for you right now? Uh, and I'd love to hear more about what that is and why, uh, why, why you're, you're going through that right now, why you're leaning in towards that scripture. Yeah, for me, man, real quick, I'll just say it's Nehemiah 8.10 says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Like ever since all this has been going down, Nehemiah has just been coursing through my head, man. You know, it's just like 
the mission that he was on, you know, when the Arabs were out there, you know, trying to distract him from the work and all this kind of stuff, it was just like, dude, there's so much just negativity and everything being thrown out there trying to distract people from building their businesses and they're letting it get to them, you know, and I think it's just coming to that point where you've got to stop listening to everything but God and then your close circle that you've built and just go out and build, keep your head down and plow, you know, so that's why. Awesome. Jared? Oh, I'm sorry, Troy. Troy, go ahead, and then we'll get to Jared. Go ahead, Troy. So, uh, First Peter five seven, uh, cast all your anxieties and worries on Him, for He cares for you. Um, the the reason why that is so important is that um, you know I'm trying to do things in following the Lord that are beyond me. They're beyond my ability. They're beyond my skill. They're beyond my talent, and I still feel the wind of God behind me to do it, and I get anxious about it. So I'm, I've been writing a book for over a year called Fatherhood Face Plants for Dads uh, and uh, how to get up and be the dad that your kids need. It's very personal. Um, there's a lot of vulnerable stuff in it. And sometimes I need, it, it's just difficult and it's beyond me. And I get anxious about it, let alone all the other things I've got going on. <laughs> and so the Lord has in this season this whole year has been letting go. This whole year has been letting go and focusing on Jesus and having his Holy Spirit guide me today. What's the next thing? What do I do to do next? And it's been a totally different year. I am walking with an easy yoke and a light burden because I've learned the, the, the trick of being able to cast those anxieties on God and say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you and not worry about it. And then when it comes again, okay, God, I'm going to trust you and not worry about it. So that's, that's been key to me this, this season. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Jared. Yeah, mine is uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, 4, 11, and 12. just says, uh, and to aspire to live quietly, mind your own affairs, work with your hands as we instruct you so you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent upon nobody. And um, I, I think that's kind of, you know, kind of how I'm wired anyways, but I think we do this, all you guys do this because we want to make a difference in other people's lives because we know the stirring that was in our life. And so we have this, this thing, but at the same time, it's, it comes from those hours where nobody sees you editing. Nobody sees you working on your book. Nobody sees you correcting a misspelling for the love of Pete, you know, whatever it is, you know, I mean, they see those things. And so you have that where you have to have that, that, angst in your heart that this is bigger than, than, than me. It's not about me. So as I said before, but that I, idea that we do this because of that, that passion and conviction, we feel we have a responsibility to give back to this. We feel there's a purpose in this, but at the same time, when you look at the last eight to 10 weeks, boy, we shut things down pretty quickly, didn't we? And uh, you know, so we've been, I've been talking a lot about that, you know, and you thought you just always have meat at the, the supermarket. They're always have bread. I remember talking to someone in the store and they said, we're out of bread. I said, go make some, you know, and that was not on the radar. Like maybe you need to get back to learning how to make bread or grow your own food or what, you know, I live in a, a subdivision and I'm like, no, we're going to figure this out. So I'm carrying garden buckets in and out every night. Like, no, you can excel wherever you're at. And so that's what I do. And that's been something I've been talking about a lot, aspire to live quietly, minding your own affairs, be dependent upon nobody as much as if I'm going to depend on anyone, it's certainly God. And, uh, there's, you know, divine sovereignty and human responsibility. And they're at the crossroads constantly. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mitch, you got something? I do. Mine is Isaiah 43, 25 and 26. 
It says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. And I just love that one because I just picture walking into your dad's office. I mean, as a father, you don't hold a grudge against your kids. You're not there to make sure you point out everything wrong that your kids are doing. And I think a lot of, for men, stops us from having that relationship like Jarrett was talking about one of his follow-up phone calls is like, hey, I haven't been to church in a while. You're just going to bash me and tell me how bad I am. That's not how our father looks at us. His desire, he's look through the whole Bible. He's always calling his people back. It's like, turn your heart back to me. Come on, let me, let me help you help me, you know, <laughs> like help me help you kind of a thing. Come in here. And so I just love the scriptures. It says, I'm the one who blots out your transgressions for my sake. It's not necessarily just for your benefit. It's like, I have desires to, I want to be able to do for things and I have to help you clean this up. And so a relationship of walking into your dad's office and you be able to come to your dad and say, all right, what do we need to get done? State your case. Let's get through this. Let's, let's fix out these problems. Let's win together. This is not something that you're doing by yourself. It's not something that you're doing on your own. I have a covenant in place and this is something that I've promised to help you participate with. I'm going to do this with you. I'm doing it more for me than I am for you. And this is from my heart for you. And so that agape love is a one directional, not a transactional type of love. It's something that I don't believe we can reciprocate. It's something that God just gives us because he loves us. And so that scripture to me, it's just, we're a team. God wants this more than I do. He wants his men's ministry more than I do. And so if I come to him and I say, all right, let's get this done. Let's state our case. Let's get this thing going. Help me remove sin in my life. You know, repentance is a whole nother thing we could talk about hours for. It's, it should be feeling like you're stepping into a shower and being cleansed and not that you're taken out back and getting beat with the switches from the tree. It's a different type of a thing. It's a place to come into that better connection, that better fellowship. That's awesome, guys. Uh, what I'm hearing is the common theme is, and of course, Scripture has that for us, uh, is that we're, you know, we're, we're called in to lean in towards God, lean in towards Christ. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the center of it all. You know, center our lives in Christ that uh, it's not about us, whether we're living a quiet life, whether we're called to go build something, whether we love somebody, whatever it may be, it's all about putting Christ in these relationships first. And I think that's where a lot of men have things kind of distorted. You know what I mean? It's, it's more, we're putting it in ourselves. What can I do? And, and then this weight comes on, kind of like what Troy was talking about. It becomes a burden. You know what I mean? The burdens become light in his life right now because a lot of this stuff's been taken away. And, uh, and that's what God is really... Um, I know a lot of us, you know, we, we kind of can look at this as we're in a time of isolation. And I kind of shared this with Troy uh, earlier in the week, uh, but I, I see it as a time of solitude, too, and preparation. You know, uh, whatever vision God has given each and every one of us to kind of lean into that more. And, and this is a time to help even take that to the next level. Or there is maybe a guy out there who's like, I don't even know how to get started. Well, God is, you know, we're, men are tend to be visionaries. Else we wouldn't be sitting here today doing what we're doing. God gives us visions. Um, it's what we do with it. Do we just negate it or do we take that step forward? And, and our hope today is for, for that guy who's just sitting on that couch is to take that one little step, whatever it may be. It may be just doing devotionals with the family today. I don't know. I mean, that's one thing that we're kind of done now is we've really expanded on that. It's just not like some quick devotion. Uh, I got my son involved. I got my wife involved. And his fiance has been involved when she's here and, and they're just kind of leaning in and everybody's just been really um, putting time into those devotions. And it's been amazing. 
and uh, everybody's been getting really excited about it and really like, hey, how can we take this to the next level? So whatever that may be, as men, we're called to take that step first and, and then make it happen. So obviously, you guys wouldn't be in these positions, uh, in my opinion, unless somebody, a man or a group of men, has spoken life into you. So I'm, I'm curious to know uh, from some of you guys, who's been your strongest influence as a man? Uh, that maybe it was a grandfather, could have been somebody, I don't know who it may have been, but who's been the strongest influence in your life that you feel has kind of called you into towards your ministry or towards your faith even? I'll, I'll chime in. So it wasn't an individual. It was a wise community of godly men. I stepped into a community of older men uh, who had been through hell and back and all of their counsel from scripture and through their life had such authority and it transformed me. And I stepped into that community when I was uh, like you, Mitch, I was uh, separated from my wife. Uh, it looked like divorce was imminent and everything, everything was my career, ministry, uh, church, you name it, it was all coming down. And I stepped into that community and and God held me up and gave me such godly wisdom um, through that community. It, it sustained me. It gave me hope. And now, you know, obviously, you know, it's been years on the upswing since. But, but it was a godly community of men that had walked in front of me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anyone else? One guy that I still am in contact with today, and I'd say still because it was my first ministry, uh, his name is John Brashear, just a good godly man. He was an elder, really poured into me and in, in probably in ways that, you know, I, I had no idea I needed. But I'll never forget speaking at a, a school one time, and I killed it. It was a Christian school. I thought I killed it. Kids are high-fiving me. They had to. They were supposed to. They were supposed to be nice. They're Christian kids. But they were leaving, and, and I'll never forget it. He sat there as the room was empty, and I'm come walking out, and I'm new to this ministry thing, and I thought, I killed it, you know, and he grabbed me by the elbow real nice. And he said, come here a second. He said, I know this is what you thought you did, but this is actually what you did. And um, what he was talking about was the way that I ended what I was saying. He didn't care about the, the original part. And I remember walking out thinking that guy didn't know what he's talking about. Did he just see a hundred kids walk by and were just, you know, and I'll never, I remember going to the car thinking he doesn't know what he's talking about. And, and years and years have gone by and I have, man, revisit that. And we're still great friends today. Um, but it's almost that, not to that extent, but that Nathan David moment going, let me tell you something here. That's going to, if I don't tell you, maybe no one else will tell you this. And so I am forever indebted for him, not just for that conversation, but he had plenty of others, but that was one that stands out that I thought, yeah, I don't know if I could have done that to somebody in that situation, but I'm sure glad he did. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Uh, you know, what makes me think of, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, Jarrett, where, um, you know, having that guy in your life who's not afraid to, uh, I don't know, hit you with some sandpaper, if you will, kind of rough you up a little bit, you well, know? Well, think of it. I mean, think about it. you guys. I'm with your four of the guys who got killer men's ministry. So if you got a guy listening going, man, I don't know where, you can start online. If you can't find a guy in real life, I mean, you can go to these other four places and you're going to find great content, great encouragement. I go back to 2 Samuel 12, where Nathan rebukes David for what happened with Bathsheba in chapter 11. What if Nathan would have been on the other side of that timeline and called him out before he ever got to the porch that day? Uh, you know, the baby might have lived, Uriah might have lived, we'd have saved a lot of lives. And so if we don't have somebody in our life 
who has the courage and permission to speak truth into our life, and it will probably make us uncomfortable, uh, we're going to do a lot of damage. And we're going to have a very, very small circle of people who know they can never tell us the truth because we can't handle it. So we got to give people permission, and then we got to listen to what they're, what they're telling us. Amen. Amen to that. You're definitely right about that. And there's tons of resources, and we're going to get into that in a little bit um, when we get ready to close, which we're, we'll be doing shortly. But um, I got a question for you guys. Men, we know, love competition, right? And we're called to live for something bigger than ourselves. What challenge or what encouraging word would you give the guy listening right now who feels like he has no purpose? Well, first things first, man, just pull the trigger. Like, you're just going to have to make that decision and go with it, you know. And it's one of these things, like, I brought a prop just to kind of, like, one of the things that I feel like God's been showing me a lot lately was this thing right here. My son was playing with, it's called a Newton's Cradle, right? And so my son got this. My my mom was in town, and she likes to buy my kids stuff that take up my whole house. But, like, uh, this one was really interesting. I was watching him play with it, you know, and uh, I don't know, man. God just totally showed me like a really uh, like a, a lesson behind this thing. So this thing in its natural state, right, is full of potential power, but it has no ability to do it by itself. I could set this thing on the shelf and it would never be able to do anything. And but what's interesting is like when you pull one of these back or whatever, now it's going to have it has all this dynamic energy that is now being consumed. But and it's doing it in the, in the measure that it was pulled back. And so what I think for me, whatever I saw that, you know, as was that when we give ourselves the opportunity to push, like we are all in that state, in the natural resting state, we have nothing but potential energy, but it's just resting, right? And it takes something that's outside of its creation almost to disrupt it and put it into a state of motion, you know, and actually doing where it is most powerful and created to do, right? And so when we put ourselves, when we find ourselves kind of in a funk or in that depression or whatever else, we have to go find things that are like disruptive and hurt, like immediate and that type of thing. And sometimes God's going to do it. And sometimes it's just whenever we know we're out there. And if you hate doing something or you're putting something off, you go and do it. Or what I find a lot of times is just go serve other people that will unleash you in a lot of ways. I don't know what it is about that, man, but like I'll take my kid out and just try to get people every once in a while. And we'll go buy, a hundred cheeseburgers from McDonald's and a bunch of Cokes and waters and stuff and go walk around downtown Fort Worth with a bunch of people with backpacks and just, we're going out and handing it out to homeless people, man, you know, and just speaking life over. That's really what it's all about. It ain't really about the food. It's just a way to get in and kind of talk to them and hear what they have going on and really just pray with them and speak life into them. And man, when you do that, it's funny how you forget about your own problems. And you don't even need to go buy a hundred cheeseburgers or whatever, you know, but you can just go down there and just be like, what's up, man? What's your name? Just, you know, put yourself in a situation where you're uncomfortable. And it's funny how that kind of breaks the dam, so to speak, you know, and allows God to really show you things that it's really hard to get somebody to listen when they're in a state of comfort, even if it's misery, but it's comfortable to them because they've allowed themselves to adapt to that. And so go, go push something. Like if it means you got to go run two miles and you suck, you can't even do one hardly, but you're going to push yourself to do those two. You're going to break these kind of patterns, you know, I guess in your life. And it's going to open up like this opportunity to kind of be stretched now. So. Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, just like what Corey was saying, thing that comes to my mind is anytime that I'm in a funk and I, it's, I'm learning to catch them quicker and quicker, you've got to learn to identify it. You got to learn to pick up on it before it can compound and can do these different things. But when you have a need, you got to sow a seed. So just like what Corey was talking about is if you don't have a mentor, be a mentor. If you don't have a good friend, be that friend to somebody throughout the day. I can promise there's going to be somebody who just comes into your mind. It's on your heart. All of a sudden, shoot that quick text, start that relationship. When I'm, even when I go, I go for prayer drives a lot now. So I'll hop in my car and this was even before I was driving around my city. This was just a place for me to kind of have my mind distracted enough with driving, but I could still not be thinking about too many other things. I could just pray. I could hear from God clearly. And there's times when I hit the road and I'm just having a hard time getting into it. I'm just like, I can't get the flow going. I'm just like, there's something blocking. There's something going on every single time. I'll, I'll put out a post real quick on my Facebook group. And I'm like, Hey, who needs prayer? I need to pray for somebody right now. I, and it, they, it's for them obviously, but it's also for me. It's like, I'm, I'm in the mud and I need a toe strap. So let me start praying for you. Let me hook up to what you need right now. And then we'll get this going. And every single time, by the time I'm done praying for other people, by the time I'm helping somebody else, when it's time to come back for me, it's much more empowered. My time, my prayer session with God is much more effective. It's much more powerful. Visions, revelations, whatever it is that you're getting, it comes big. But it's because I'm taking my eyes off of myself. Self-pity, I think, is one of the most dangerous things that ever exists, period. Self-pity, self-centeredness will get you into the grave far before your time is supposed to be there. You can't sit there and self-pity. Even if your circumstance, everybody's circumstance is different. And we all tell ourselves that. And we all tell ourselves that until we really believe that. But you know what you need. You know that I need a mentor. And if I don't have one, then maybe I should be one. Maybe I'm not even allowing somebody to mentor me because I'm so stuck in self-pity that they can't get to me. Maybe they have been sending me texts and I'm just ignoring them because I'm pissed off at the world right now. You have to get out of that self-pity stage and start serving other people. And another scripture that I love lately First Peter 4, 10 and 11, as each one of you has received a gift, minister to, uh, to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak to the oracle of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies. God gives us all gifts. We all have a unique recipe for success. We all have a unique talent that we're able to impart to somebody else. So it's not that you don't have a purpose. It's not that you don't have special talents or special gifts. But just like with this, if you watch this online, just as Corey was showing you, if you don't get moving, nothing is ever going to be evident. You're not going to know. And so sometimes purpose, people want purpose. They want a job title. And a lot of times our giftings is just start using what you've got. And then more is going to be given to you as you're doing it, as you're just serving. So like Corey said, again, go to your homeless section of town, like go get some burgers and some bottles of water. Just start doing something, and I promise you, you'll pick up momentum, and you'll pick up a quote-unquote purpose. You'll get that job title down the road. But just start serving people. Be that example that you're hoping for. Amen. Amen, brother. Right on point with that. Good, Jared. Just real quick, I, I, it, your purpose can't be what you do for a living. Amen. It, just, it just can't because if I get fired today, then I can't say, well, I have no – well, I used to park my car at that place and now I got fired. So I have no purpose. No, your purpose is bigger than what you do for a living. It has to be, you know, you don't give out cheeseburgers or <laughs> even do podcasts or whatever you're doing because that's, you know, um, because of what you connected to what you do for a living. You do it because you feel God is stretching you. So that for me, that has come from times where you go, 
what am I really about? You know, what, what, what is, how has God wired me? Each one of us talking today, all five of us will reach different people. We all, I mean, you know, someone who, you know, loves to go hiking will gravitate towards Mitch or what, I mean, everybody has a niche and everyone has the ability to reach people for the kingdom. We're on the same team. We're moving the same direction. We've been given different skills and talents and abilities, but your purpose can't be what you do for a living. And it can't necessarily be what someone else does either. So that DNA of God in Genesis 1, 26 and 27 is written all over you. So God has woke you up today for a purpose. It's bigger than just to mess with you. God didn't wake you up today just so you could exist and try to get through another day. So uh, these guys are all hitting the nail on the head. I mean, it starts with getting back to your creator who, who wrote his DNA all over you, who woke you up, who's breathing life into your lungs, keeping you, sus you know, sustained life while you sleep. Um, he's got that purpose for you, but if it's connected to who pays you, it's probably a pretty empty purpose. Amen to that. And, uh, I like to say that I'm, you're right on point. All you guys are is that, you know, it's not defined, you know, our purpose is not defined what we do, but whose we are, you know, who are we at the end of the day when everything's stripped away, you know, and who do we lean into at the end of the day when everything's stripped away? Um, and, and that's where that self-centeredness kind of like what Mitch was talking about earlier, you know, where, you know, it's gotta be, you know, that selfless, selfless living, Kind of like you're demonstrating, Corey, giving out, you know, in the community. All you guys are doing selfless living. So if it's all taken away, if the guy's sitting at home and he thinks his purpose is in his job, he's in trouble. So, and, and I think you guys have really spoken to that guy to let him know that you're created for something bigger than yourself. And it's not your job. You know, you, you, well, you could use your job for God's purpose. Absolutely. Have that influence in other people. But if it's taken away, that's not who you are. That's not who it should be, else you're going to be in trouble. So I appreciate you guys sharing. I got two more questions, guys. We're going to wrap this up. But I'd really like to know, like, uh, what books or resources, other than the Bible, would you recommend to the guy? Obviously, the guy, the guy should have the Bible. But what other books or resources maybe you're leaning into right now or you'd recommend to the guy who, to help strengthen his faith, to help in his walk with Christ, even in, in a deeper level? Obviously, we know the Bible should be the, the, the utmost, but is there something that you guys are kind of leaning in towards right now that it's been a big influence to you that you would recommend? I'll start, and uh, my recommendation is a book called Waking the Dead by John Eldridge. It is uh, a roadblock destroyer to your destiny and purpose. It really is something that will awaken uh, you to walk in the glory that God's given you. Um, and it's, it's going to stretch you, uh, just like Corey said, he had to, you know, do some things to get out of the funk. It, it will, it is by design to stretch you. And, uh, and so that I've seen it transform many a man's life. If given the opportunity to walk honestly, uh, with it. So that's my recommendation. Awesome. Yeah. I think what you just said about the, uh, walk honestly, is actually probably it's not a book or a resource but that's what i'm gonna say is like you know when you look in the mirror are you the kind of guy who averts his eyes you know because you can't even look your own self in the eyes because of the lies or the the decisions that you're making because you know that you shouldn't and and all those things you know that you're hearing god's voice that you continue to deny it or whatever it is uh, man, it's just start telling yourself the truth, start telling other people the truth, you know, stop living 
the lie. Stop, stop telling yourself that it's okay. That, uh, that, you know, you keep doing the same things or you're just, or tomorrow or whatever else. It's like, meet yourself now, like, and listen to what God's calling you to do in your own life. Right. And listen to who, who he's, who he is and that he's accepting you. Right. But at the same time, like, man, take responsibility for your life and stop leaving it in the hands of other people. You know, like the, to me, man, the last thing the world needs is another resource or another thing right now. It's like, they need to start executing. Right. That book sounds awesome, by the way, I do want to get it. Uh, like, but you know, even in that though, it's like, man, I think that's the biggest problem with the church as a whole. And really my angst with a lot of men, especially in the Christian world is that, Every time you talk to one, it's like, oh, I was at this Bible study Tuesday. I was at this Bible study Wednesday. I was at this Bible study Friday, Thursday, you know, every day of the week. And their lives are a joke. You know what I'm saying? They, they talk. They have no spine. Uh, they're not impacting the world in any way or people around them, you know. Uh, and I'm not I get people are at different levels. So I'm not saying that as a whole. But. um man, like at some point, you've just got to draw a line in the sand and you've got to be willing to get your hands dirty. And you got to be willing to be seen as a guy who sometimes slips up and says a cuss word. And you got to, it's okay. Like, just go live, like learn, give yourself some feedback mechanisms and start learning how to live life, you know, like, and, and show people that Christianity is not all about saying yes, brother. And, you know, grabbing a dude on the shoulder, you know, while you're starting to wonder if he's either a homosexual or he's like, whatever else, you know? And it's like, like just pop, punch through the, the barriers of what life is putting on people and start to become the man that you were created to be. And that means the scars and everything. So anyway, bring in the fire. <laughs> Corey's got a nickname. So the you guys that don't know the flamethrower, he'll walk into the room and just light it up. So. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I mean, it's true, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, 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 we need these resources, right? But there's a point you have to take action. And that's the, that's the whole, you know, kind of premise of what we're discussing today, calling the rise. So, I mean, you, you do have to take action. So, guys, I want to re- be respectful of your time. So, uh, one last question. So, and it's, I want to reach out to you guys in regards to this and whether men can get connected with you is, if men want to understand more about your ministry, how do they get in contact with you to learn more so they can reach you, uh, so they can tap into uh, a lot of the the, the, uh, the benefits of what you guys are providing through your ministries and organizations? Good, Mitch, why don't we start with you? Yeah, um, I'm online. I got a podcast. So my group is called Just Add Wilderness. Uh, that's just a Facebook page. I have a private group called Wisdom in Wilderness, and that's also the name of my podcast. And if you're here in Colorado Springs, we are, are doing our dedication and inauguration of our church on July 11th. And so it's called Dominion Life is our, our church here in Springs. Awesome, dude. That's awesome. That's awesome. Corey. Yeah, man. Well, uh, again, thank you for having me on. I appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, my organization is called Wisdom and Grit. Uh, we have a Facebook group called Wisdom and Grit. You can go check that out, Men That Build the World. Uh, and then I've got a free resource for you guys. It's at wisdomandgrit.com forward slash defined. Uh, that's D-E-F-I-N-E-D. Uh, and that's really just on, I think, some of the fundamental components that every man should exhibit, right, in, in life and, and in kind of how to do that, how to define masculinity, so to speak. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube at Wisdom and Grit and wisdomandgrit.com. So, and if you have any questions, it's Corey at wisdomandgrit.com, C-O-R-Y. So. Awesome. Thanks, bro. How about you, Troy? 
Yeah, you can find uh, more information about uh, The Kindling Fire at thekindlingfire.com. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel there. You can do take the Rekindle the Fire e-course. You can take Bible devotionals, 30 uh, fire starter challenges. I've got the Kindling Fire podcast on all, this, all the platforms. And then uh, I would say I'm really active on Instagram, but not anymore. <laughs> but I do have a very active uh, Instagram account called at the Kindling Fire. Thanks for, I, I really enjoyed this. It's been huge today. Thank you for inviting Glad to have you, brother. Jared. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I'm thankful that you did this, Rob. Appreciate that. Um, Thepursuitofmanliness.com. There's all the social media links and all YouTubes and stuff like that, podcasts. Um, you know, we have Facebook group. That's been a great thing. Um, so just groups, The Pursuit of Manliness. And um, same thing as uh, Troy just said, you know, on same podcast platforms, YouTube, all that stuff. So just trying to, just trying to find Troy on Instagram now. Apparently, uh, he's not on there. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'm just kidding. So, yeah, thanks, Rob. <laughs> that, that's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad to have you guys. I appreciate you taking your time today. Uh, I know you guys are very active in your ministries. I know you got a lot going on. And I know it's Saturday, even though we're a lot of us are quarantined out. You know, but you're taking time away from your families to do this and uh, just to speak in guys' life. And um, and I appreciate that. I appreciate each one of you guys. I believe in the ministries that you guys uh, lead, uh, us who wouldn't be on here. Um, so again, I, I really appreciate you coming out and uh, taking the time to speaking to men's lives who need to hear it. So uh, with that, hopefully you guys are getting connected. I'm sure uh, you, uh, you will or whatever. Uh, reach out or you can reach out to me. I know you guys know me. I can get you guys connected. I'm all about the networking. So uh, uh, I, I definitely want to expand that out as much as possible. The more men we can reach, the better. So, uh, so I appreciate you guys. And, uh, with that, I mean, I don't know if you guys have anything, anything last you want to share. I mean, we're going to get this edited out a little bit. Uh, if you feel guys need to hear anything, uh, or do we, you know, I just want to give you that opportunity. If there's anything else you wanted to share. I think the big thing, man, just go like the God loves you. Like we believe in you guys. We wouldn't be doing a lot of the things that we're doing if we didn't think that men were the answer to a hurting world, man, you know, and like guys rising up and who God's called them to be, you know? And, and so, uh, we hold the opportunity as men, we hold the ability to instill identity and culture. Uh, as far as we know it, our kids need us. I mean, I've seen this be prevalent as all get out since we moved into this new neighborhood over here. And there's a, it's right by the lake, but there's a few families that they're, if their fathers live with them, they're not, they're not very active with them. And some of them don't have their fathers around them, you know, and it's, it's just, it's so funny how they're all coming over here, you know, and I'm out there and I've given them all wisdom and grit hats and, you know, we'll go on walks and hikes and stuff like that. And these boys, every time I say something, they're like, yes, sir. And I mean, they're, they're so hungry for the opportunity to just be led and to be shown that they're important, that they matter and all that kind of stuff. And I'm telling you, man, like, the biggest thing that this thing has shown me is like, it ain't about having a big group. I mean, I still, I'll do what God gives me, but like, it ain't about having all that. Literally, if you can find one kid or one person in your neighborhood, even like, and start teaching him things or teaching them things or whatever else. And if you don't know how to go till up your soil or do a garden or whatever else, it doesn't matter. I was talking to another guy yesterday about this very successful guy, very technical, technologically uh, centered type of dude. Uh, but he's like, man, Corey, you're just like the man's man. You could go out and, you know, kill a squirrel and eat it or, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> no, I mean, but like, 
you know, uh, but you know, on that day when he goes, I wouldn't even know how to do that. And I was like, yes, you do, man. Like you haven't built multi-million dollar companies by not knowing how to ask someone how to do things. You're just not taking the same things, you know, and putting those in the same realm as like, if you don't know something, ask people, we need each other, you know, so what I'm not talking taking away from what God does in our lives, like what Jarrett was talking about earlier, but if we can learn from each other, like we're doing now, then man, that really is like, that's the essence of church to me, man. You know, it's like where we come together and like, we, we glorify God through our work, through our hands and through the things that we're being called to do. So anyway, that's a big thing that really just want to encourage you guys. Like don't waste it sitting in here watching Tiger King or some other messed up thing. That's like doing something to your head. You know, I don't know anything about that show, but everybody talks about it, but I refuse to subject myself to that. (laughs) (laughs) But just get out there and like, man, learn something, become capable, you know, like Jared was talking about, just build stuff with your hands and you can do it. I promise you it's not that hard. You just got to go screw some stuff up. It's okay. I love it. We got a little wisdom and grit army that's starting to build out there in Corey's neighborhood. The next generation. (laughs) To tag on to what Corey was saying is, all of you men out there that are praying for answers, that are seeking God for something, realize that God talks to us in different ways. And I held myself back because I expected God to talk to me in a very specific way. And when I wasn't hearing in that very specific way, I missed all of the wisdom that God was speaking to me through other men, through other people, through other resources, books, podcasts, whatever it is. God will answer you if you will allow him to answer you how he's going to answer you. Don't try and pigeonhole and put God in a box and tell him this is the way that you, I'm praying and I need an answer now. And it's, it's going to be cheap and it's going to be disregarded. It's God speaks to us in much, very different ways. And so you guys, I'm about to make a statement for everybody, but I'm sure if you have questions, you can probably message any one of us. If you're listening, if you need to get something off your chest, if you need some guidance some wisdom, you could probably ask any one of us on this panel, shoot us a message through any of the social medias and we're going to answer. I can almost guarantee any person on here, sorry guys if I'm putting you on the spot, but that we're good, we care. We care about men are the mission, not the market. Men are important to us. And for each one of our ministries, it's been planted in us through God. And so it's something that I just want you to put out there. If you need, if you don't have somebody in your life that you can ask these questions to, if you need some really hard grit sandpaper, shoot Corey a message. If you, <laughs> we will all help you. I can promise you that. So you now have five resources. If you don't know how to get your life back in order, if you need somebody just to speak some life into you, to believe in you before you can believe in yourself, you've got five guys right here who will do that. Well, and I think we'd all admit we don't have it figured out. We just put ourselves out there to the point that said we are going to figure it out. And along the way, we hope that we can help some other guys figure it out. So that's why we talk about building better men together. We will learn from everybody. And uh, man, I don't ever want to pretend like I have this thing figured out. I just know that I get one shot at it and it will not be for lack of effort. Yeah, I've got to just, this is just burning in me. God has been speaking this in, uh, it's quoting Jesus. I think it's John six and he says, do not work for food that spoils. So many men are trying to become the king of a big spoiled food mountain with your money and your titles and your social media, you know, all this stuff, church, you name it. Guys, it's empty. Jesus said, work for food that will last to eternal life and people are worth it. 
invest in, in those that God has entrusted you to invest in that. And I'm telling you what, you will not regret at the end of your days. I spent my life on something that mattered. So many men are spending their life. Jesus said, don't work for food that spoils. And that's all they're doing for their own personal, trying to fill that hole, fill that hole with spoiled food. It will never work. Take our testimonies for our lives. It will never work. Work for something that's, that's worth working for. And if you don't know what that is, you don't want to start, come find us. We'll help you get started. You've got a purpose. God has put something inside of you, and it's time to start working towards that because that matters, and it will have an impact. Amen. And with that, I think there's no better way to end. we got a mission on our hands, guys, and that's every single one of us. That's the guys on this panel, and that's you that are listening and uh, I love that. It's like a take charge mentality. It's time to take charge and rise. So I want to thank Corey Huddleston from Wisdom and Grit, Mitch London from Just Add Worldliness, Troy Magnum from The Kindling Fire, and Jared Samuels from The Pursuit of Manliness. Guys, I appreciate your time. I appreciate all you don't do for your ministry. Keep up the good work. Keep up the charge. And keep on challenging men to rise up. With that, guys, have a blessed weekend. I appreciate each one of you, man. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. Go to Instagram at The Kindling Fire to find out more about what we offer, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Kindling Fire. There you can find Bible devotionals, e-courses, and etc. Okay, guys, as always, be awesome.